Hello and welcome to the Masters of Mediocrity podcast. Uh, this is going to be the first time we're recording on an on-site studio, uh, a friend's house in Buffalo, so we're not in the uh, Masters of Mediocrity podcast studio. I'm here with my, uh, my friend Ethan Richardson. Ethan Richardson, say hello to the people. Hello, podcast listeners. Uh, my name is Ethan Richardson. I've known Max for uh, probably since I was a sophomore, junior in college. We played ultimate frisbee together, and uh, we've stayed in contact ever since graduating. And we uh, we've been known to play some games together and <laughs> and uh, discuss one of my favorite topics being esports. For sure. So that's like one of the main ways we stayed you know so close was playing sport, um, playing video games, and playing esports over time, um, and there's so much that goes into it. It's not just, like, a hobby that anyone else, that a lot of people pick up. It's something you kind of dive really deep into. It's, it's, it's part of you as a person at a certain point. Yeah, yeah, eSports, uh, it's, it's kind of a funny thing to talk about because it is, it's obviously related to video games and everything, um, and it's seen so much growth over the past, even just three years. It's, it's really kind of exploded and had exponential growth and the amount of viewers and the amount of sponsors and and all of the uh, production and everything has really gotten to a premier level on par with most sporting events and stuff like that. Cool. So what do you think is like the biggest reason that brought you to esports? Why do you like them so much? Um, So I've definitely, I've been a gamer my whole life. I've played through all iterations of all the consoles and then I I got involved in PC gaming and everything and that's, that's primarily been um, my focus on what I've been playing. And I'm super competitive. I played sports my whole life, and I think that kind of goes along with it. Um, I really like all the competitive games. I don't play a whole lot of single-player games. I think mm-hmm. it's kind of boring, yeah. really. I really got to have that that element where I can see myself improve and kind of put myself uh, and compare myself with other players and stuff like that. I really love seeing the improvement and really just having, like, a you know, playing a team game. It's almost like a traditional sport. Like, you play... So if you're a basketball player, you go out and uh, you watch a game. You watch a, a, a Wizards-Warriors game. And then you're like, oh, I want to go shoot hoops. You could go do that. That's the same thing with esports. Oh, I watched, uh, you know, this League of Legends event. I could go and just play another game on my computer. And I can feel way closer to the players. And I can feel close to the game. And it's so exciting in that sense. Yeah, I think, I think that's what is kind of the draw of esports and um, why it's gotten so big is it's so accessible. So accessible. So That's exactly what I was going to say. It's so easy to watch all the events. They're all streamed for free online. So there's no there's no barrier to entry. You don't yeah. have to have a cable subscription. You don't mm-hmm. have to buy pay-per-view events. So I think um, I think that model is going to stay. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's like been the Twitch some... streaming, like that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think I think there will start to be exclusive broadcast rights. That's kind okay. of been uh, a topic of discussion among you know some of the more seasoned esports um, you know veterans and stuff like that. They they think that you know eventually we'll get to this point where maybe not all the events are free. Maybe some you'll actually have to pay for, like mm-hmm. a pay per view event. Okay, maybe. that makes sense. Um, but I can as see of that, yeah. But as of right now, I mean, I think that's. Part of the reason it's been it's had such huge growth all over the world is because all you need is an internet subs- you know subscription and that's it you can watch it for free. So, what do you think? So, what would you say are some of the biggest? If people don't know out there, what do you think are the biggest esports out there right now, and why? What's like a commonality between all of them that makes them so successful? So, if you look at um, the top five esports. Um, League of Legends being the, the most viewed and most popular, mm-hmm. um, they're all team games for the most part. You know, you can maybe include like Hearthstone, which is which is one v one, yeah, one v one. But but I think um, people find a lot more excitement in cheering for a team more right. than necessarily an individual player. That wasn't always the case because Starcraft, Starcraft was was huge. obviously huge. That was yeah. that was basically where esports got its start. That maybe Quake, you know, you know those those kind of games mm-hmm. that were one v one. I think. Now that it is team-based, uh, I think there's a lot more draw and a lot more almost interest in, in keeping up with the team and, and seeing how players work together as opposed to just one player kind of doing everything, you know? It's, and, cool, it's cool to see that, that uh, you know, that teamwork really go on like it would be in a real sport. Yeah, and it's, like, it's funny how there's so many parallels you can draw between real sports because people become fans of specific teams. You know, let's say it's a team-based game. Well, you know... If you're in North America, you might become a fan of one team that's based out of North America. If you're from Europe, you might have a team in Europe you're a fan of, you know? 
it, it's really important that you get close to the players, and it's all cyclical. You get close to these guys, you want to watch their games, you want to pay money to see them play, all things like that. Yeah, and I, and I think that one of the coolest things that eSports has going for it is it's so accessible to um, interact with these players, right? So, you know, you, you look at a, a basketball team, like, you, you don't see LeBron going online and, and, you know, streaming him just, like, shooting around or doing practice, yeah. but... But with esports, you can watch these players. They they have their own personal streams that you can kind of keep up with and, and interact with, and, and they they can interact directly with you almost. And so I think that's another draw too, and another difference that is almost an advantage. Yeah, the um, people are so relatable. Yeah, they are. They are. I mean, it also it's not like this six foot ten giant dude with giant biceps. It's like this nerdy dude sitting in a chair playing video games. We could be that nerdy dude sitting on the couch playing video yeah, games. Yeah, yeah, you, you absolutely could be. You could you could be a streamer with having you know one or two viewers, and and you could still feel like you're having the same kind of experience. Yeah, exactly. And you could be playing the same you know playing the same game, whatever. Um, but I, but I think that's that's another thing that makes esports uh, accessible is that these players you know outside of their professional streaming or professional scrimmaging and, mm-hmm. and you know, all their team stuff. They, yeah. they, they, they love the game and they go on and play it for more, you know, they almost play another... for so much. Yeah, it's, it's a little ridiculous. Unbelievable. Like, people out there, like, you think, oh, you know, I'll go play video games for a little bit. Yeah, they're not, you're not worried about getting better. These people that are trying to get better and trying to get, you know, to be the best in the world at a video game, they're playing 8, 10, 12, 14, 16 hours a day just to, like just to play a video game. That might seem crazy to you, but people do that because it's their job and they care about it. Yeah. It's it's definitely, it's different because in sports you obviously have the physical limitation. Like, mm-hmm. It's not going to benefit you to go to basketball practice for 12 hours. It's <laughs> not, not going to help you And you're all. not going to see much gains after the first couple hours. No. So. Oh my God, you're so tired. But but esports, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a negative because it mm-hmm. causes a lot of players to get burnt out. When, oh, just when their brains playing, would melt. Yeah, exactly. When you when you when you play sixteen hours a day, then you go and sleep the other eight. You know that's 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 your, your day. Life. That's all you do. You don't have a girlfriend. You don't go out to eat. You are literally in front of your computer, and your back must be killing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Sitting in a chair for eight hours. Yeah. So you have these like top five games you think right now. There's so there's like the Hearthstones. There's League of Legends. There's um, CSGO. Yep. Um, yeah, Counter-Strike, Dota 2. Dota, Dota 2 is huge. Yeah, and Dota 2 has the biggest prize pools too, which is yeah. you know some something that's nice to see. What do you think might be on the horizon? Is there anything that you think is on, any game you think is on the come up maybe? Or do you think we're going to stick with these main five for a long period of time? Um, these, yeah, I mean, these these main five are definitely tried and true. Mm-hmm. Um, Hearthstone doesn't, add, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of a, an anomaly. It's like, it got popular almost by accident, okay. it kind of became an esport yeah. and became a big competitive event almost by accident. Because it's such a good game. I feel like the, the, a lot of times the biggest games and the best games are because they're so much fun to play. Yeah. And people, there's a giant player base out there and there's people playing them. And yeah. that's how it gets big. Yeah, definitely. So, and the, one of the games that people thought was going to be big was Overwatch. Yeah, and so so I think Overwatch... Um, Which, let's give for the people what is Overwatch. So exactly. Overwatch, Overwatch is a Blizzard game. Um, Blizzard makes Warcraft, Starcraft. You know they've they've been making video games for twenty plus years, mm-hmm. so they have a lot of experience. Um, but they've never really had a successful esports game that was successful by their um, efforts. Mm-hmm. Starcraft became really popular um, because it became huge in Korea, like and it almost and- became. You know, a part of the culture over there. Okay, yeah. Is, is taking it. You know, they they took it so seriously, and and so it was almost like like the Korean scene is what made it so popular, and um, it was the people outside. Yeah, not the it wasn't. Yeah, it was. It wasn't Blizzard doing anything groundbreaking that that caused this game to be so right. popular. Whereas, like you know, now with their Overwatch product, I know that their goal with making Overwatch was to make a game for the competitive series. Yeah, yeah, and I and I think that's that's one of the things that is difficult when you go into a game, you know, creating a game with that intention is, yeah. is making it to make it a competitive game. Like, how do you know if people are going to love your game? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it almost has to grow organically. You can't mm-hmm. force it, right? Like yeah. you can't be like, this is what you guys are going to play competitively. And, and this is what's going to get all these viewers. Out. Right. Yeah. So, so I think Overwatch kind of had, um, it's kind of having some maybe growing pains because mm-hmm. it didn't get the amount of viewers that, um, it was kind of hyped to get at first, so it's it's a uh, 
it's a first-person shooter that's kind of class-based, so you play a different... There's all these different characters, probably 20-plus, and they all do different things, and so you play, I believe it's six-on-six... Not, don't ask me. I'm not, I'm not really sure. I haven't, I haven't played that game since it came out. So yeah, I'm actually, since beta. Yeah, and I, I don't really keep up with the esports scene. Um, when it comes to Overwatch. Yeah, I'm not yeah. really super interested in it, but I'm, yeah. but I'm interested to see because they're, they're kind of trying... Um, it's a different model than people have come up with before. Usually it's like the game and then the esport, necessarily the esport than the game. Yeah, yeah. And, and Blizzard's kind of um, forcing... They've, so they've created this league called the Overwatch League, mm-hmm. OWL. And so... They, they basically wanted to create this um, regional sort of game, which... which to, like we have for the NFL. You know, you have yeah. your teams out of Buffalo, you have your team in Pittsburgh. That's kind of what Overwatch League is going to have, is yeah. teams in different cities around the country. Yeah, so so this isn't the first time it's happened, I guess, back in 2007 or something. There was, there was another similar model that, that uh, a lot of money was pumped in and it just it failed. It didn't end up was turning out very well. Um, I think that was a Counter-Strike. Okay, Counter-Strike, uh, yeah. yeah. Which is probably the top shooting game right now, <clears throat> right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah. it's my it's my personal favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, as far as shooters go, uh, I don't think Call of Duty gets the same not kind the of, same. Kind of I, viewing I, numbers. I, yeah, I've looked into and, that a little bit. And, it's and, and Halo, you know, I, I don't mm-hmm. think it's... Uh, you know, I don't think it's... Ex- but there are communities that are really, you know, passionate about their sport. Their yeah. sports. You know, there's a there's a bunch of people playing Call of Duty that love Call of Duty. You know yeah. all the players. Yeah. You know, there's definitely a community there. There's some fighting communities. Yeah. The fighting game the fighting game scene is something I've never gotten into. Yeah. But when I tune into, like, the big events, it's fun. Like, yeah. It's, it's, it's fun to watch. I'm not it's interested... It's a whole new world. I'm not, yeah, I'm not interested in the games, but those, the casters, the, mm-hmm. the, the crowd, they get... So amped so in a way that it doesn't happen in the other sports. No, you know, the, uh, the the casters alone can make it for you. So you, you might not know what's going on, but they can make it so exciting with just how excited they are about about the game. What, what do you, what do you think is so important about a caster? Why do you think that the person that's talking about the game is so important to you as a viewer? Um, it's like uh, you know, it's like if you're watching traditional sports, you have commentators that you like, and and you can tell when a commentator has a style that you don't enjoy and, and it and it adds to the overall or, or it retracts from the overall experience. So if there's a you know if there's a, an NFL commentator that, you know, is kind of annoying, you yeah. you're, not, you're not really a huge fan of yeah. of, you know, their their shtick or whatever it is, yeah. it kind of takes it away from you, you know. You don't want to watch the thing on mute because you want to know what's going on. There's yeah. there's a lot of uh, info and stuff that they can provide to, you know, a, a common person who isn't fluent in and you know the that sport yeah there's a lot of like little um little things that they can point out to you to like kind of kind of make the the whole viewing experience even better i think that's the the biggest difference between esports and normal sports is when you're talking about football or baseball or basketball people have some sort of knowledge of what that game is what it looks like and how it works but when it comes to esports when you're coming into it blind you have no idea how it works you're so lost. Yeah. Like, you have no idea how the game is played, what they're doing, why they're doing it, and there's just a big barrier to, barrier to entry when it comes to experience. So these casters are even more important if they're trying to get people from the outside in. Yeah. So I think their job is really tough. And I, and, I, and the people that do it well, you, it, it is very important, and you can really feel it when you're watching the show. Yeah, yeah. I think casters definitely have a hard job, right? So so there's they, they don't have any... Um, any person that they can kind of base themselves off of, right? Like, there's there's been sports commentators forever. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you want to be an up and coming sports commentator, you're gonna watch hundreds of hours of footage of like you know everything that they say and mm-hmm. kind of everything to get a feel for it, mm-hmm. how um, it works, yeah, exactly, the cadence to it, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and these these esports casters, mm-hmm. um, they don't have as much uh, kind of footage and stuff to go off of. Sure, right. esports has been around for a while, but um, each game kind of has their own their own thing that you have to address, and and yeah, like some some of the games like like Dota two and, and League of Legends, they are very uh, they're very dense. deep. Yeah, they're, they're they're big games. There's, There's hundreds so stuff. hundreds of of different champions and different ways that things work together, interact and, and, and it's, items. It's, and yeah, it's whoa. really hard for a person who's never watched esports to to jump in and understand what's going on. Even you could have the best caster in the world, but there it's still not going to be clear to you unless you mm-hmm. watch a lot of it. So I think that's kind of um, something that's going to make it hard to be accessible to the general 
public. You know, a lot of the people watching esports are people who already play the game. Already play it, true. It's hard to get outside people. Yeah, it's really hard because, because, you know, it might be cool to, like, see what, like, you know, if you take somebody who's never watched it before, they might be like, oh, you know, this this is kind of cool that everyone's into it. Mm-hmm. And that they, they take it so serious, and you give them a little bit of background. But you don't stay. You, yeah, yeah, you know, like they'll be like, "Oh, neat." I don't know what's going on. So <laughs> why pretty lights? No, it I'm looks not really gonna. Cool. Yeah, right. So why should I keep watching? Yeah. You know? Who do you think is do who? If you could shout out a caster or two, who do you think is doing the best job? Or maybe just a whole production team. Who do you think is doing the best job of showcasing their esport or showcasing a game if they're like a color or play by play guy? Um. So I think it's uh, it's it's definitely different. In the different games, right? Mm-hmm. So, so I primarily watch League of Legends and Counter Strike. Those okay. are my two favorites. I tune into yeah. other esports, the bigger events and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I played League of Legends for seven years, and I <laughs> try to time. watch. I try to watch <laughs> Dota, and I have no idea what's going on. And like <laughs> that map is interesting. It's it's very different. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's they're both. It's mobiles. a high barrier to entry. Yeah, for yeah. for a player who's pretty familiar with video games and and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And yeah, there's you know there's there's so many heroes and everything and so much it's it's definitely deeper than league of legends yeah um and yeah it's so i don't i don't watch a whole lot of it okay i'll watch the international which is the big big tournament just because it's it's a whole kind of event and if you're an esports fan in general then it's something you want to tune into yeah for sure you don't you know maybe you'll see a huge play and you can actually like understand yeah exactly so you don't want to you don't want to miss the big esports moments even if you're not totally in that scene um but but I think it's it's kind of funny comparing uh, Riot Games are the ones who make League of Legends, which is I think the most played game in the world and the biggest esport as well. I and saw like a statistic; it was like uh, what was it? Like one in a hundred people play League of Legends on a monthly basis, just in, in, the, in the world. world? In the that's, whole world, that's pretty staggering number. That's Not gonna first off, we know this is a non fact checking podcast. All our people that have listened to multiple episodes of the Massive Mediocrity, we don't fact check, but. Look that one up yourself. It's something like that. The amount of people that play League Legends are insane. Yeah, it's it's huge in every country because mm-hmm. it doesn't require a, a complex PC to play it on. Mm-hmm. You just need an internet connection, and that's you know that's that's all you really need to get started with yeah. it. And it's a free game, and so that's PC, even yeah, that's free. even better. You know that that's a huge draw, and that's I think part of the reason it's gotten so big is because it's free, and so people who don't have the money to, to spend on video games or whatever, they check it out, and then they get hooked on it, and then they don't buy any other games because they just want to keep playing League of Legends. It's addicting. And grinding <laughs> and getting better at it. Yeah. Um, so you're saying Riot Games versus... Who was the other company uh, Steam. Steam's the other one. And they mm-hmm. make... You know, they have Dota 2. They have Counter-Strike. Yeah. They have they have those big games. And there's, there's definitely a big difference in company philosophy. Different style. Riot, yeah, Riot is very hands-on. Yeah. They rarely let other tournament organizers... They're kind of like a clean girlfriend a little bit. They might be a little <laughs> bit, yeah. They, they do not want to let their little baby go. No, no, no. And so, um, so you know, IEM, uh, Intel, the, the processor manufacturer, they they're, they host events, um, and they Riot lets them do League of Legends events, but for the most part, mm-hmm. they're all Riot... Riot casters. Riot yeah. casters. They're Riot uh, events, you know. Mm-hmm. They Riot are very employees. close to yep. them, right? Um, and if you look at the other scene from from Steam, if you look at, at Counter Strike or Dota, there are a bunch of different tournament organizers, and they all have their own events. They put on, you know, they're they're allowed to run it how they want. Valve, um, the company who makes Steam and has has these games, um, they're very they're very hands off with with most of their things. They they host these huh. these tournaments yeah. called majors, and they they're ones that they put on, and then they hire a tournament organizer to do it. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, they, they really don't get involved too much, and so so it's up to these tournament organizers to to kind of put on their own production, and I think overall that's really good for the scene because okay. there's there's a lot more competition, right? So mm-hmm. like they they can they can look at another tournament that happened and be like, oh, that's that's pretty cool, right? People seem to really like what they mm-hmm. what they implemented, whether it's a spectator view or or, or, or even or yeah, even yeah. just like the way that the stats are. Or portrayed or something. Or and even then, like a Snapchat filter. Even yeah. that. I've seen like, I've been to some events where, you know, or you can watch the, uh, for, for Riot Games, you can watch the Riot Games esports channel on their Snapchat filter. And that's a part of production value. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. a lot of different things. So I know you're saying for CSGO and their, their events, they, they have a lot of different, more freedom with their esports events. Yeah, they, they do. So, so it's, it's kind of cool because then I think competition makes the whole 
pro like product better yeah. overall, right? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. because then they can they can see what works, they can see what doesn't. Those guys and are pretty then, funny too, aren't they? Like some of the casters for I, CS:GO. Yeah, like, and, I, and I think that's another thing. Um, so, in most esports and in most of the events, um, there's two casters. There's a mm -hmm. color commentator, just like there is, you know, just like in most sports. There's yep. a color commentator. They're they're the ones there to add the you know the more insight, yeah, and, like, insight knowledge, and the analysis. The yeah. They're, they're, yeah, and then you have the play-by-play uh, -play -play caster mm -hmm. who is who's there to like build up the hype of of, of an upcoming and tell you what just happened. Action, yeah, so, like, yeah. Oh, that just happened. Let me tell you what happened. Yeah, it exactly. Yeah. So so the 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 play-by-play -play is you know they're talking probably mm -hmm. seventy five percent of the time, explaining sure. you know just just talking about what's going on, and then the you know the, the color commentator. After after a big, you know, in League of Legends team fight or in Counter Strike, after there was like a big kill or like a or a strategy that mm -hmm. was implemented, yep. um, they're the ones who kind of break that down and explain, you know, this is why this worked, this is this is why this happened, and they they you know they look over the replay and they they kind of break it down for you, mm -hmm. um, just like you know just like in regular sports. So yeah. I think I think they've done a good job, kind of emulating that. Um, but the kind of the cool thing with Counter Strike, and it's started to get away from it a little bit. Mm -hmm. okay. um, but they have uh, caster pairs that cast almost every single uh, event or you know game together. So they they have this. So they stick together. Most yeah. Of the time. So they they have this. Um, they can build. They can build a bond and really learn to like work off of yeah. each other. And I think that makes them better overall because they're not constantly like like if you look at League of Legends, um, Monty and Doa. Right, very popular. Yeah, and they, they were always they were, together. They were in Korea. They were yeah. they were the casters for the Korean scene. For they, our English listeners, yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so, so they were um, they were super popular because they they worked together for so long that they they really had each other dialed in. And, yeah, and, and they never talked over each other. They had this kind of like funny banter. They had all, like almost inside jokes that that you were inside with. Because you've been listening for a while. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, yeah, it's important to have like a chemistry between. Yeah, chemistry is a, huge. A tandem. Yeah. And and uh, League of Legends for the for the LCS the, the League Championship Series it's it's their it's their regular yeah. season you know kind of like the NFL it's like mm -hmm. their their regular season and there's uh, like four games a week or something like that mm -hmm. four to six games or something. And so those those casters kind of switch in and out with each yeah, other. So so overall, I think now that they've been working with each other for so long, yeah. they're starting to get more chemistry. They have like their A tier, their B tier. Like they, you can tell when they have like, oh, this game isn't as important. We're gonna put our B or C tier yeah. um, lineup out for this. Or they have their guys that they're like, oh, this is the most important set for us. Let's put our main dudes on this one. Yeah. There's definitely crews. You can tell they have like our A crew for sure. Yeah, yeah, and you you know the ones that are kind of. They're newer. Favored by Riot and also True. favored. So the, the community provides a ton of feedback. Yeah. So I, I know I provide a lot of feedback to you and you feedback yeah. to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but every, everyone's friends are doing that outside of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so so online, there's there's a ton of feedback because it's, it's everything called Reddit. Is, yeah. It's called Reddit. <laughs> and Reddit, Reddit, Reddit can be pretty brutal. Um, but I think because it's so accessible, you know, everyone can kind of have a voice. And say, hey, I really like this caster. They're doing yeah. a great job. Or on the other side of the coin, they'll be like, this caster is complete garbage. Get them out of there. But if you look at those casters that they've really criticized, those casters have improved a lot. Oh my gosh, yeah. And Some then, of them that I think And then even too. a year later, you'll see after a hate thread a year before, the next year, they're like, wow, this person's gotten really probably good. Probably the same person. Probably the yeah, same writer probably. posted. Yeah, yeah. Like, they'll be like, this person plot, got like, super good. Like, yeah. like, props to them. They're doing a great job. Yeah, I know, Keep like, people have been talking about, was it Frost Garen from uh, the League of Legends uh, championships that's going on right now? The World Championships are in uh, in flux right now. So, yeah. um, I know people are talking about Frost Garen, how she changed from even last year to this year. Yeah. And how she seems much more knowledgeable and much... You know, it's really been insightful for the people to listen to. Yeah, it. yeah. I think so. She's she's a, a caster in the in the Chinese scene, and I think the Chinese scene doesn't get as many viewers as the rest of the regions. Right. Um, but yeah, people used to really not like her. Mm -hmm. I don't. I kind of was in that boat. I just didn't like how she seemed kind of biased in her casting mm -hmm. and everything towards and, probably the Chinese. Yeah, scene yeah, and, it, and it's. And you know, and in the caster, you don't really want that. But yeah. you want someone who's knowledgeable about that region if mm -hmm. they're going to be talking about it. But you don't want them to be kind of biased and, and almost favorative. Like, and I think she was kind of guilty of that for a little. But this this year, she's she's very articulate. She's mm -hmm. very. 
I would agree um, with that for sure. Very, yeah. She just she kind of speaks her mind. Very professional. She's, yeah, she's yeah. she's very good at yeah. at everything. All the analysis she provides. I would say a lot of them have gotten more, more professional over the years, and that's just like clear. And the biggest thing that I would say they got professional in one thing I ripped on casters the most about is what they wore. Their <laughs> wardrobe was such garbage, like just complete garbage for so long. Like three years, I'd be like, why is everyone wearing? For, especially for Riot cast. Why is everyone wearing vests? I don't get this vest thing. Was I out on this? Did I not understand that vests was a new hype thing to wear? Like, I did not get that. But now, I think they got stylists. I think these casters have changed and gotten professional stylists and professional people to come in and be like, guys, no, I got this. You don't get choices anymore. Here's three suits. You can pick from those three. Yeah. And yeah. It, it's really helped a lot, though. Like, it's so simple. It's such a small thing. But how you present yourself really matters. And it really makes the whole scene of esports seem better when people look professional and act professional. Yeah, and I think that's kind of, that's almost the debate where the old school esports fans are like, I really like esports for what it is. When I came in, it was this kind of pretty just ragged. Low budget. Low budget, <laughs> just, just kind of like a mess. But you gotta do what you gotta do. I mean, exactly. That's how you start. I, yeah, and like those, the grassroots starting points were funny because if you look back at you know you compare the production to the events right now oh my god they're awesome if you look back even three or four years ago it looks like it was just in someone's basement and it was just like yeah like just some friends got together and said hey let's have some people over to play video games but now it's insane if you've seen anyone go out do yourself a favor go out just to google and type in like world championships uh call of duty world championships league of legends world championships csgo yeah those pictures are insane. Yeah. They're selling out arenas. Yeah. Like, uh, two, two, even two years ago, they sold out, um, at League of Legends set out, sold out the Korean, like, stadium. Like yeah. a soccer stadium or something. Yeah. And those pictures are incredible. Yeah, it's, it's, it's insane. There's a, there's a pretty good graphic out there that compares, like, the 20, I don't know, maybe 2014 or 2013 to, to, to now. Mm-hmm. And they have a picture of each stadium. You can see how much it's grown. You know, they've, they've sold out the Staples Center. Mm-hmm. We went to the Madison Square Garden We did event, go to the Madison Square Garden which event. Was, which was pretty awesome. And The World Championships of 2016. Yes. For there for the semifinals at Madison Square Garden for both days. It's mm-hmm. uh, possibly one of the best League of Legends series Dude, in okay. history. We have to stop here. We have to just get into this. Yeah, we got to get into this. This was... So, I guess we'll just go to the production of it first and how hype it was to be there. What's, like, the best... Like, walk me through what it was like a young Ethan Richardson... Going into Madison Square Garden for your first, like, epic eSport event. So, yeah, this was my first event. And I had been a fan since uh, Season 2 League of Legends. You know, like, right after Season 1 is when I really started to get into watching it and everything. And Mm -hmm. so I had been watching it at that point for almost five years. And I started to get into other games and stuff. And um, You still had your day one, though. You had your day one, boo. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, But it was... It was... It was like surreal almost just to see the amount of people there that that came to New York City and tickets were what forty dollars. Yeah, they weren't even that bad. Not too bad. Yeah, for for a for a big tier event. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't you know I think it's a lot of kind of kids that go to these events. So if it was more, I don't know if they get if it would sell out. It also depends on the arena. So I've been to a couple. I'd say the Madison Square Garden is probably one of the biggest just because there's so many people in New York. Yeah. I mean, it sold out instantly. I mean, what we buy tickets, like, the first 15 minutes it sold out or something. Yeah, probably. It sold out crazy fast, I yeah, know, at least. The first day was for sure sold out. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Different places, not necessarily the case. I think Boston sold out tickets for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to a Boston event recently. But regardless, what was it like that when you walked into the arena, you see the place, you're like, oh, my gosh. I'm here. Yeah, seeing seeing the whole stage set up and and the the jumbotron, the countdown for when yeah. when the event was going to start, um, it was pretty cool. Yeah, and it's so I don't totally love the nerd culture. That's, <laughs> it's a little smelly. That's, that's associated with esports, no, and I mean it's it's totally uh, like expected, right? Let's like, just say the like, line for the bathroom was a little different. It was, yeah, it was. It was. Um, and so there's a lot of people who show up in, in costumes. Like, cos- yeah. cosplay is a big thing. Big thing. Definitely not, not anything I'm into, but, <laughs> you know, a lot of people are into it, right? And so that's fine. Some are pretty sweet. I'll get it. Let me get on. There are some pretty cool cosplayers oh, out yeah. there. It's I incredible. can't imagine how people just build these things. Oh, my gosh. And they yeah. spend, a, lot of time they and spend a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah, yeah. it's so it's definitely impressive seeing all that. But, yeah. but personally, I'm not big into the whole nerd culture that, mm-hmm. and it's it's almost like hypocritical, right? Right, because like, we cause, are because it is a video game. Yeah. It's like it, you know that's kind of what goes along with it. But mm-hmm. but I would like personally, I would like to see esports become more professional. Okay. And, yes. No, I could see that and kind of get away from the the grassroots start that it had yeah. and and really start becoming big and and i think it's it's really it's definitely had great strides yeah from, towards from where it's where it's common and, and they've brought in you know there's there's a ton of investors yep like coca-cola mm-hmm. you know there's there's these big name investors that that everyone's heard of and that those they sponsor events they do everything and, I, and yeah. I don't know if it would necessarily be as appealing to them if it was a bunch of kind of unprofessional right kids like like yeah. if you look at the players uh you know, four years ago, they were wearing shorts, sweatpants, just like looking. But now everyone has jerseys and like yeah, they're they so have, fresh they and so nice, clean. Yeah, they got good jerseys. They they, I mean, they shower. They shower. That's they, a plus. They, they, look, God. they at least look clean. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like like the the it used to be pretty. There was pretty definitely crunch. a lot of gross players out there that <laughs> that looked greasy, and you're yeah. like, come on, man! Like, th- you're on you're on almost TV right now. Yeah. And you're gonna look like you're gonna show up looking like this. Come on! I think the main thing for me, I've gone to a lot of sporting events in general. I've been to the you know NBA finals. I've been to football games. I've been to League of Legends events. And the weirdest thing for me is they're so similar. Like you'd be so surprised. Like when something good happens in the game, people get just as hype and just as excited. The one weird thing, though, is it is dead silent at an esports event until that happens. So you're watching the game, there's like thousands of you in one place, all watching a giant screen in the middle of the arena, and you're just waiting for something cool to happen. Everyone knows something cool is happening because they, like, are watching the game, play, play the game before. You hear, like, a... <gasps> yeah, you, oh, you hear the excitement start to build. Yeah, it builds up, and, and then, then everyone freaks out. Oh, yeah just goes nutty yeah like they're gonna blow the roof off the place like, like any game crazy yeah yeah the biggest thing so i'll just like one specific like event from the semifinals last year was when we saw misfortune get picked which is like a league of legends specific thing uh an off meta weird thing happened and pandemonium ensued for the next like two hours yeah that was that was quite uh quite a surprise yeah because that was you know it was one of those. It was like a. It was a champion pick that that no one would have ever expected. No, playing in a different role than it normally is, and it was just a really kind of unique mm-hmm. um, counter to what was really popular at that time. So it kind of came out of nowhere, and everyone was kind of speechless at first. Like, what? How's this gonna work? What What's is gonna this happen? Thing? Yeah, and then and then those those games were just. It's out almost of like a gadget play in football, like an end around or like, like some, you know, a halfback pass. It's like, that's what happened. Yeah. And it's, there's so many crazy parallels you can draw because of that. It's so cool that, you know, this weird pick in a video game is equivalent to like, um, a hook and ladder. Like what? But no, it is. It's so similar, especially the people that care about it and know about it and know what's going on. So yeah. Very cool. Right. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. There's, there's just a a lot of excitement and and a lot of energy when you go to these events. Yeah. And I think the it's it's interesting because if you look at it, you're you're going to the event, but you're just people are you're watching people sit at their computer. Yeah, right? they're just sitting you're right not, there. You're not watching the sport live like you would a football game. Or yeah. Anything. So so I think um, while it's kind of weird, it's it's almost more impressive that you can get mm-hmm. those that you can sell out to anyone to, to go and basically watch what they could watch at home on TV. You're watching it on a screen, right? Yeah. You're, same not, you're not seeing these players do anything. Mm-hmm. You know, like physical, right? They're yep. sitting in a chair, sitting in a computer, <laughs> yep. and I think that's what's almost maybe a little more impressive about it because but they can get anybody. Yeah, right. Um, I love going to events, and the biggest thing happened to me. I went to the North American Finals this past year for League of Legends, and the coolest thing is I actually got to go meet some of the players. And when you get to meet some of these League of Legends players or any esports professional, they're just like you and me. Yeah, like. You don't even understand it because, you you know, you feel like these professional athletes are so unaccessible. But when you go to a fan meet even, just like a normal event, and you say, hi, what's up? They're so nice yeah. and so cool. Like, I was, so, for example, I was wearing um, a Supreme hat, which is a clothing brand, um, very, very big streetwear brand. And a couple of the players, a couple of the professional players like, hey, I like your hat. And I know I've said this twice in the podcast, <laughs> but I just want to sit, like, this is just a point of these people. People are people. Yeah, right. And it's they're, really cool. They're not physical specimens that were... They're not computers. Yeah, right. They're Yeah, right, exactly. They're not these these 
elite athletes. Yeah. That that's what seems less accessible about, yeah. about professional sports. It's like, yeah. oh, I'm not built like this guy. I yeah. can never be a you know an NFL running back. I'd get killed. I'd get snapped in half. But these guys are just dudes that sit at a computer and are really good at the game. That's not to take away that they have a lot of innate skill yeah, and, talent, and, yeah. and reaction time, you know, quick thinking, you know, there, there's all, all of that like there is in real sports. These these players have, right? Yep. So it's not like they're just these like kind of fat slobs that sit at the computer and do nothing. Like a lot of them are, you know, they exercise. They, uh-huh. they've, they've realized that it's you you can't just sit at the computer there's a lot more you have to do if you want to get there's like to training that. centers now there's yeah. people that like go and lift weights so they can play video games better exactly yeah it's yeah like, it's they, so they, funny. they've learned that there's a lot of health benefits and everything so like these yeah. it's not just a bunch of fat greasy kids sitting at a computer yep. yep these these people are you know they have they have sports psychologists yep to help them work through their you know mental, mental blocks yeah. just like it just like any other you know professional athlete which would. is incredible and i think the what's interesting though is the place that's doing it the best and probably the place that's doing it the the most uh, most ridiculously is south korea yeah. you know they the place that really started esports as a thing with starcraft and things like that you know but they you know they have such a good infrastructure and they're now just capitalizing on this crazy infrastructure that they've created yeah so right now like in the 27 world championships for league of legends it's going to be two korean teams spoiler alert for anyone who <laughs> knows what's going on <laughs> spoiler alert yeah uh, if you weren't watching the vods or we're watching games on time we got two more korean teams yeah. and you know the main korean team that's doing the best you know going for you know is it three in a row now Three in a row, and for their could fourth. Be. For the fourth total, for fourth, SKT yeah. Um, T1. Yeah. Um, which, who you don't know, um, it's basically uh, a collection of these five guys, three that have been around since the beginning, I think, um, with Bang, Wolf, and Faker. Uh, so they didn't win. It was, oh, it Bang, was Piglet. Yeah, Piglet, Piglet and, and Pumandu. And and right, right. But they've had... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so Faker's the, been the constant. Faker's the constant. Yeah, yeah. So I guess Faker's been... Re- Related to basically Michael Jordan, they're yeah. similar. He's been so dominant in this esport. What do you think makes him so special? Uh, I think he's so adaptable, right? So like he has, he almost has no limits for one. <laughs> yeah, he can he can play any any champion at a, at the highest level. He can play with any teammates. He can play different iterations of the meta. And he's always successful, right? Mm-hmm. And when he when he first burst onto the scene, he was this super young kid. Mm-hmm. And and these these players that are going pro, are they, ha- like they have to wait till they're seven. Seventeen, which is interesting, but we can talk about it another yeah, time. Yeah, right. And so he he bust onto the scene at seventeen years old, and he's you know you're a kid at seventeen. Right? Yeah, you're you're these these players are not like if you're if you're a professional or if you're a an athlete who you know is going to be pro and they're in high yeah. school. They're like... Kind of groomed. They're, yeah, they're groomed to be mm-hmm. ready for this professional yeah, yeah, environment. Yeah. Or they're like going to go to college. Yep. That's all there. They're yeah. used to that. These, Not for these people are, I don't know, nerds maybe that sat at their computer and got really good at a video game. And, and they're so, just the best so they, at it. Yeah, they don't, they don't know what it is to be put in front of people and be put in, on the, in like in the spotlight and all these girls running at on you a, yeah on a stage <laughs> with thousands of people and Screaming. like millions of people watching at home yeah he's done an amazing job of just like seeming professional and not, have that not even effective almost you're like how are you just like playing like you would at your house you're yeah. like there's no change between that he's very he, he doesn't ever look rattled no it can be it can be they've they've come back from a lot of Deep deficits. And they've had to. to. <laughs> they've had to. They've come back from so most of the most of the series are, are a best of five. So they have mm-hmm. to win, you know, three out of the five games to win that series. Mm-hmm. They've come back from so many where they were down two nothing and on, and on the brink of losing the third to be right out of there. And they fought back and won mm-hmm. in that five day. They won game five and they won that series. There, there's been so many they're, they're a very mentally strong team. Yeah. And he's just like the kingpin of that. He is, yeah. So, I mean, he's going for, you know, his fourth championship right now. And uh, that could, first off, that's, you know, that's a lot of, you know, he'll, there'll be nostalgia about it. There'll be a lot of, um, regardless. The, the, he can make a lot of freaking money. <laughs> like, yeah, he already does. Like, it's so crazy. Like, there's so much money coming to the scene, and he's one of the first people. There was an even an ESPN article about, like, this is the first million-dollar player. Yeah. First guy to make a million dollars off of playing video games, which is insane. Yeah, and I, and I think that's, uh, 
probably staggering to the to the listeners is, yeah. is how much money these people make. Yeah. How and how quickly their salaries have grown from basically just almost having to fund themselves flying to events and everything to compete back in 2012 when they had to spend their own money to go and potentially win a $10,000 cash prize <laughs> yeah. for their team split between six yeah. or seven players, right? Now, the prize pools are million dollars plus. Um, the international, I forgot what the most recent. A couple hundred thousand at least. Oh, I mean like like the... Oh, the international for... Yeah, yeah the yeah. international for Dota was like close couple to... A couple million? I want to say it was almost like 10 million no, or maybe well, higher. Yeah, it could be. Because it's crowdfunded yeah, too. crowdfunding, so. which makes sense. But how, what do you think makes it possible for all these players and all these people in esports to make so much money? Like, how where's all this money coming from? So, I think a lot of it is sponsors. And, and sponsors must see big returns to be continually yeah. investing. re or Right. And, or, you know, either, or they're in it for the long haul, right? And yeah. they know that they're going to operate at a loss, take a loss for three, four years. And, but down the road, they might but down the road, money. Yeah. They'll, they'll be, you know, they'll be the name brand of, of esports or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, that's when they cash out, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's how a lot of the uh, investors in, you know, the teams right now, mm-hmm. that's that's how a lot of them, you know, it's kind of their mindset. They're like, look, we'll operate at a loss for a few years. We know that's going to happen. It's not like, it's not like these investors are coming in and they're expecting to make boatloads of cash off the bat. Because it doesn't, because it doesn't, necessarily happen like sure the right. prize pools are huge but the player salaries are huge yeah the amount of the it infrastructure just a lot yeah the infrastructure yeah. you need um there's there's been this big push um which is strange in esports if you compare it to traditional sports of having a team house right where you everyone take lives in one place everyone lives in and i mean they're nice they're nice houses they're We're, usually, well the ne- now they are yeah now, now they, they are, they are. Now they are. Always. yeah now they look pretty nice well there are also problems with certain housing we won't get into that that's yeah. a top that's a that's a that's definite side shoe well, yeah <laughs> yes a, but, but just just imagine generally. just imagine a, a, a an nba team having one. Team houses and a, and a co- well, they, cause they have big rosters, right? Yeah, so, yeah. like, imagine them having like like four team houses where there's like six players living in each house, in each. And there's yeah, a cook and there's a house manager. Yeah, and there's like, hey, do your laundry. Yeah, <laughs> there's these these are kids that are moving into these houses. Yeah, and uh, and they're not there's there's so much that these these kids are, are exposed to mm-hmm. that's so out of the norm for any Anyone. other any other career almost. Imagine if you got tossed into that. You're really good at this game, yeah. and you're like, go live with these people, these random people. You have no life experience. Good luck. Yeah, exactly. The chance that anyone like makes it out of that is insane. Right. But there's a lot of people that have stuck around since the beginning yeah. or have come in late that have made money, that have done really well for themselves, become successful, and gone on to a lot of great things. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think it's, it's kind of cool to see what, what happens to players. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I think burnout's a pretty serious, mm-hmm. serious topic of how much these people are playing mm-hmm. and how much you're dedicating to the game and and if it's not working out if, if you're if you're playing 16 hours a day and, and you're and you're do you get CTE from that? You're scrimming. Do you think? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, obviously they <laughs> do. Concussion syndrome. Or... Yeah, <laughs> they could. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they're playing 16, yep. 16 hours a day, scrimming with their team under mm-hmm. heavy like heavy practice environments, stressful. Um, for you know, probably four or five hours. Then they're sitting, sitting there reviewing tape, just like you would, uh, like a real sport. Um, and then imagine, imagine you're doing that, and then you're losing every single game you play. And then that would be And so then hard. you have people on social media saying you, you suck. suck. Go oh. kill yourself. And it's so accessible to online because that's where it's played. Exactly right. Yeah. And so you, there's all these, there's all these communities, and then people saying you suck. Like, and you're, and you're a kid, right? People are telling you all these things. Yeah. You're gonna get pretty discouraged. You're yeah. gonna get. You know, you're a human. Yeah, exactly. Right. You, you know, don't want you have a Twitter. Where as much are... as you can ignore all those things, that's those comments are still going to weigh on you mm-hmm. eventually. And if you're if you're a kid, sometimes a lot of the players can't handle that kind of stress. And so, I, you know, I think it's huge. It's obviously a huge problem. Yeah. Think if you're in even an organization though, and you have negative backlash from a community, what do you do as an organization? Right. From that perspective, and and there's you know. There's organizations that have fallen because of that. Yeah. Which, you know, gives rise to other new organizations that have been backed by giant investors. Yeah. Which is, like, a new thing that's happening now that people may not necessarily know, but there's, you know, there's different structures and models for how leagues should be run and how teams should be run. So now in League of Legends, in at least North America, they're going to a franchising model. 
what are your ideas on that? What are your thoughts on franchising versus um, individual teams that aren't necessarily you know locked into the system? Yeah, so I think I think when you first when I first heard about it after being an avid fan mm-hmm. and the way the the league system uh, used to work was like the Premier League, right? Mm-hmm. So so you had you had these teams who um, it's ten teams in the league mm-hmm. in in the in the LCS, and then there's there's a kind of a farm team league as well called mm-hmm. the Challenger Series, and and the the way that that, that worked is that. Um, at the end of the season, the bottom three teams had to play to keep their spot in the next season. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how it is in, in, in football, soccer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry. You're European. I'm not, even, no. I'm not even European. I don't no. know what I'm saying. That. I, but, I respect yes. it. You're trying to assimilate to the culture. I'm really trying. I know? get it. No, you know, no, no, no. I'm, I'm trying to, to be global, you mm-hmm. know, universal in this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I respect that. Um, so, yeah, that, that's how it is. You have to compete for your spot. Mm-hmm. And as... Americans are familiar with in all of the franchise systems like the NFL, the mm-hmm. NBA, NHL. You don't have to compete for your spot if you're the Cleveland Browns every year yep. and hope you can stay in. Because we would like them out. Let's be honest. We they, don't really need them in the NFL. They had a rough go. They're just bad. Yes. <laughs> moving, yeah. moving forward. Exactly. So so um, League of Legends in, in the North American scene is is switching to this uh, to this franchise system. And and when you first hear about that. Um, a lot of the older um, team owners who have been around a while have really been advocating for that, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of the security, like a job security type, exactly. Thing. Yeah. And, and a lot of the the pushback um, is that you know these people just want to create an old boys club and keep yeah. all the other old people, keep all the new people out. Right. They want to secure themselves and their friends, and that's it. But they've also been the same companies that have put the most into <laughs> it a lot of times too. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's a give and take here. It's it's not necessarily is this the best model. It's just We'll see. It yeah. could be. And, and uh, you know, the, the argument that those team owners make is, you know, we, we pay these, these players' salaries. You know, we, we put a lot of money into the league. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if we have a bad season because of, you know, things not out of their control, but, you know, all sports teams go through bad seasons. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's such a sh- – it's such a es- – esports haven't been around for the longest amount of time, so right. – the turnover is quick. Yeah, things change very quickly. It's it's a very dynamic sport system. You yeah, know? and if you, if you get kicked out of the league, you're still on the hook for playing paying your players' contracts, yeah. right? And these these contracts where they were in the league, and um, so where you can make money, but if you're out, you can't make any money. Right, there's no money to be made. So so I think I think uh, now that there's there's been more details that came out about the whole franchise mm-hmm. thing, and now that there's a lot of you know, rumors. It's not confirmed yet. It's yeah. In November, who's going to be in it? But we have some ideas. There's, there's, all, there's been some, some leaks and, mm-hmm. and uh, speculation. Yeah, some claims. We'll, we'll get into that. But um, a lot of these team owners were operating at a pretty serious loss because obviously it's, it's this investment of esports is going to get big. I want to, you know, make my name cemented in these brands that are going to be around a while. So it's not like these, these even though these players are making crazy salaries, the owners aren't necessarily taken plus for cash yeah not necessarily so um i think the main thing is that it it's it wasn't profitable at all for these for these team owners so they they were pushing for this franchise model of having this so so riot can can do this profit sharing um between all these teams it'll be much more similar to professional professional sports today you know it's 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 much more similar to what we're used to and accustomed to not necessarily that's the best reason but it is a reason that helps esports seem uh, more normal. Yeah, I, I think I think it's it's worth a shot at least to yeah. see to see how it works. I just um, hope it doesn't like lose its flavor, right? You know, because esports is so di- is so different in the way that um, there's a lot of new stuff sometimes. There's a lot of new games, a lot of new styles. There's mm-hmm. a lot of new things happening. It's a lot of millennials, a lot of young people involved mm-hmm. in in these companies and these systems, and you don't want that to change, right? Yeah, you don't. So, and so I, I think that, that that's kind of the cool thing is a lot of the owners um, were previous players and then mm-hmm. they got into you know just owning their team and then and then they these these were people who didn't go to college they sometimes didn't even graduate high school because they mm-hmm. wanted to go and pursue this this professional gaming thing back just crazy back when they couldn't even make money on it yeah but um, now look and at now, it now now they're running successful big business brands yeah brands yeah. they yeah. they're able they 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 have marketing teams teams and. and <laughs> And they they they're business people really, yeah. and they kind of learned it all just from seeing the scene like evolve. And 
And I think, you know, they, they did their time, so it, it kind of makes sense that they, they should be in this franchise model, and, and they, sh- they should be able to kind of make money from it and, and not have as much of a loss. And, and then they can... And I, and I think that another big thing is, like, uh, esports fans tend to follow players more than teams, mm-hmm. which, is, which is kind of the opposite of professional A sports. lot of times. It depends on the sport. I, w- I would argue that in basketball, the stars of the team are more important than the, the team itself sometimes. Yes. Yeah. Whereas football, you're right. In, in, in you know, soccer, you're right. They, they stick with their guy, their, their team. Right. You know, that's, the, that's their team. The yeah. players aren't as important. Esports, I agree, yeah. is much more player-driven. Yeah. So, like, I'm a Buffalo Bills fan. That would mm-hmm. be, like... So esports, basically, is, like, if, if one of the big players leaves... You're probably more a fan of them than you are of the brand, and so you're going to be like, "Oh, I'm going to cheer for this player to whatever mm-hmm. team, even if it was like a rival team yep. that he went to." Yep. Um, you're going to cheer for them instead. Yep. Whereas, like, when Marshawn Lynch left the Buffalo Bills, you know, I didn't just switch and like be like, "Oh, Marshawn's awesome. I'm just going to follow him and say screw the Bills," you know. Yep. So it's not it's not like that. Um, <clears throat> and I think that that that's kind of the the cool thing is that it kind of uh, transcends this regionality thing mm-hmm. um, is because. You can be a fan of, of a European team because yep. you don't have necessarily like this home base of like you know Buffalo doesn't have an esports team. Right. If it so, did, that'd be kind of sweet. Nah, that would be cool, and but, I would obviously be a fan of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, and be yeah. Like this is awesome. That would take I think a lot more money, honestly. And I think yeah. having these central locations where they host the events does help a lot. Yeah. For the it allows you to almost save up and build. Yeah. You know, it's like we'll have it here in our confined space, but then once we make enough money. It is a possibility of doing that in the future. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think you know going back to the Overwatch League like we talked about, that's a, a model that they're trying is is this regionality thing. So, we'll see. Yeah, It'd be so cool. L.A. has a team, mm-hmm. New York City, Boston, Miami, uh, I think San Francisco, Korea is also in that, and I think there's London. Okay, are so, they just gonna play like online and have the games? So like, the first they... the first uh, season of this be is going to be all. Um, Playing in California. Okay. Before they split off and do the regionality. Okay. I think so th- I think there's a lot more that they have to figure out before they can jump right into that. So that's the goal, at least. So season two is supposedly going to okay. be this regionality we'll thing, see. where maybe these, you know, the the LA team travels to South Korea and plays them. That would be so hype, like, though. You know, like like sports is right now. Yeah, that would be cool. There'd yeah. be a lot of travel though. That's the only thing. It's like, you know, you have to pay for airfare then. Yeah. Think about it. They're not going to fly private like you do in these normal sports. You're flying right. coach. Yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah. You're sure. starting off. Like, every league had to do this. Every yeah. sport had to do this. you got to start somewhere. That's true, um, yeah. But it's exciting, I think, just to have this, like, budding system of, you know, esports and electronic games that people are having to pay attention to. ESPN has stuff. Yeah. They've even talked about purchasing or, you know, being involved some way. And, like, these giant corporations are becoming involved. Like, yeah. what are some of the biggest companies or even people that are connected to esports that people may not know. Um, Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots, yeah. just bought in to the to the OWL, the, the Overwatch League for the for the Boston slot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you you have huge investors, um, Rick Fox from yeah. from the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, he owns a team Shaq called, had a called team. Echo Fox. Shaq had a team. Yep. Um, I wanted to say the Warriors are rumored to be getting into esports. Yeah, yeah. So let, let's talk about that. Okay. Um, yeah, because we kind of got off topic. No, as it's far, okay. As far as the franchise, no, system. that's good. You can totally. But that's a good thing. You can get off we'll, topic. We'll get bring it back. We'll bring it all the way back. All the way back. So, um, so there's there's a lot of speculation out right now of who's going to be in the initial um, NALCS franchise system. So mm-hmm. there's going to be ten teams, and they're going to be locked in. And then you know maybe maybe they riot down the road looks to expand into. Maybe more teams, teams. yeah, yeah, yeah maybe. Obviously, not a huge, huge growth. Like they're not going to have like still at right. You know, they're not going to have like thirty-two teams. That's still more games. That's more money. Yeah, you know, you never know. We'll see. And but. so, um, so these teams that were rumored to be a part of this are the Golden State Warriors, mm-hmm. the Cleveland Cavaliers, and the Houston Rockets, which I find from the very, NBA. which I find very interesting that it's basketball teams that are so interested in investing, yeah. and I think a lot of it. People don't realize basketball has a giant nerd culture as well. Yeah. It's super nerdy. <laughs> yeah. Like, I love basketball. I'm a huge NBA fan. Basketball's nerdy. We got dudes on their computers looking up analytics 24-7. You have the Rockets um, GM who could not care less about, like, the actual sports sometimes. He cares more about how the stats work out. Yeah. And I think that actually translates fairly well when you go to a you know, electronic sport. Yeah. 
So I'm excited because I think it'll be really interesting to have these teams like come from their background of knowing professional sports and how they function, how they work, how they're organized, and see how they clash with the people that have been around for a long time in esports. Yeah, it'll it'll be cool, and I, and I think as a whole, um, as long as these big guys don't devour <laughs> small you know, guys, yeah. the, the endemic brands that are that have been there, mm -hmm. um, I think it'll help the scene overall because these these people can learn from these huge business people that they're peers with now that yep. they you know that five years ago you would have never expected to like be so much on money. the same level <laughs> owner level of yeah. you know of like a you know a like, robert Kraft or reggie from tsm is talking to joe lacob of the warriors it's yeah. like those are like totally different socio net socioeconomic uh, people but now they're in the they're the same thing yeah, like yeah now they're, they're the, the same yeah they're in the same room talking, which is so weird they're yeah they're they're owners and and i think it's cool that um that the NBA teams are keeping their name mm -hmm. assumed, uh, you know, it's not confirmed okay. yet, but, it, but it's kind of assumed that they're going to just be the Golden State Warriors. Really? Okay, this is I something think, new to me. So I, I think, but I don't, I mean, that's, that's the vibe I got. I could be totally wrong no, about it. No, but I don't hate this. I don't hate yeah, this idea. Because cause, cause if yeah. you look at the, yeah. at Misfits, mm -hmm. the, the team, um, they're, they're a European uh, League of Legends team, but they also have a bunch of other... Uh, teams in other games. Yep. Um, Which most their, their best, teams do. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of them are, are multi, multi, yeah. They're very broad in their reach and, and mm -hmm. different games and, and stuff like that. But uh, Misfits is either owned, co-owned, invested in by the Miami Heat. Mm. And so the Heat um, came out and said, you know, we didn't want to take away the, the Misfits. You know, we didn't want to just to like buy them out and be, and make them the, the Heat. Yeah. We wanted them to kind of keep funny. their keep their identity that their they branding, had when they came yeah. in, yeah, and and just kind of help them out and and growing that mm -hmm. and being a part of the Heat family as opposed to being the Heat. Yeah. So you know maybe maybe it's going to be the same same with the uh, with the other teams that are joining potentially joining, but the names I, and the, what would actually be interesting is like what do their jerseys look like? What right. do the teams look like? What are their names? Yeah. Can you what if what if it was just the NBA jerseys? That, oh, they would. That would be some really pudgy dudes wearing some real like with no sleeves. I don't think I want to see yeah, like some not. of these players maybe wearing them, yeah. no sleeves. Keep the sleeves. Yeah. Keep the jackets. Yeah. Those are much better for they you guys. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe you don't. You don't have to be. No. Yeah, no, 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 no. You're your own thing. Yeah. yeah you're your own thing. Let's stay a little bit different. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it would be interesting because like. You know, these guys that are coming outside and bring, coming into esports, what are they going to bring to the table? What is going to happen? How is it going to change? I think that, you know, the team branding might change a lot. How they do content videos, how they pre present themselves on stage, what the production value is of anything that they do is, might be drastically different than what they are now. Yeah, very well could be. You know, these, these teams um, all had to apply to get into this, this franchise system. And mm -hmm. I think they're probably probably 30 plus teams that applied to get in right and yeah and only 10 get in which shows that people really want to be in yeah and it's not cheap it's a 10 million dollar buying <clears throat> uh 10 million dollars 10 million dollars if you get accepted you to, have to to buy in yeah here's 10 million thank you now yes. i now i can you have to pony up over x amount of time i don't remember so it's, these... it's not it's not yeah. all from but yeah hey, you're on the hook to pay it. that's a big briefcase uh, a lot of cash the, the overwatch league was rumored i don't know if it was ever confirmed but it was about 20 million for a slot. <clears throat> 20 million. 20 million dollars. 20 million dollars. To just buy the slot. Where and they... you have to pay pay player salaries, infrastructure, all that stuff. The sweet gaming houses, the of computers. Course. Of course, yeah, yeah. How None of that's cheap. So how do you think they're going to make their money back? Is it just through sponsors? Like, what are the biggest sponsors that are really, like, showing, like, hey, this could be a profitable business model? Um, you have the energy drinks, mm -hmm. Red Bull. Uh, yep. Red Bull and Monster are the main main two rock stars yep. in smaller events. Okay. I don't think they're I don't think they'll ever be as big of a name as Red they're Bull. They're just not and as good of a drink either, too. Exactly. Let's be honest. They're, like, they're kinda not good. Not good. Um but <laughs> sorry, no, sorry, Rockstar, but yeah. you, you get it. You know. <laughs> we're not getting sponsored by uh by no, Rockstar. No, 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 no. Not after that. Red Bull? Hey, dude, I'll get if we're you guys want to set up some Red Bulls, we're I will drink those. <laughs> I saw your headquarters in Austria. It's pretty dope. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that respect, you know, respect. how about the masters of mediocrity? Yeah, 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 give yeah. them some free Red Bull <laughs> swag and stuff. Come on. If you gave us like a six pack, I'd be pumped. I couldn't be happier. So. Or, the, or the Red Bull Mini Cooper. You could drive that out. Those are sweet. Hey, branding. That's yes. all I want to say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, Red Bull's obviously been involved in all the extreme sports. Yep. Everything you can think of. And so, yeah, they're, they're, they're willing to go out on a limb. They really are. They, they'll, they'll try anything. And, mm -hmm. and I think they have a pretty good business sense as yeah. they're a 
an energy drink. And you have all the computers. You have basically all of Silicon Valley that gets involved. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's there's just serious money from a lot of different places. There is. Yeah, venture capital. Yep. Has been uh, investing in a lot of these teams too. A lot of these teams have have taken on venture capital and given away their you know part of their company to get this outside investor help, this money to do what they need to so to, cool to pay these salaries and get these big players to. And it's all so it's all an investment. Yeah, that, that's what this all is. Yeah. It's all it's all a, you know. Almost, I hope it's not a, gamble. Like a shell game. I hope it's not I like uh, we you know there's we're we think there's gonna be money, so we're gonna spend a lot of money. Not not necessarily knowing that there will be. Yeah. And if this crashes, it could, it would be it would be bad. But I really don't yeah. think it is because I think this is something that is gonna be around for a while. The games may change, the people may change, but I think video games are going to stay. I think video games as a platform for watching entertainment and sports is going to last. I think so, too. I, I think... At least I hope so. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope it's not a big bubble that bursts. Yeah. But, I mean, I even if the money goes away, you're still going to have all the fans, right? So right. So it can eventually build back up into you know, mm-hmm. whatever it is. But, yeah, I think, I think you see all this smart money coming into the scene. These, these investors... They're are, not stupid. They're yeah. not stupid. They're not just like, hey, we'll give you... As much money as you want, mm-hmm. have fun. If you they're make not, a lot of money, they're not doing that. You made that money somehow. Yeah, <laughs> you did something along the way to make that money, and you're probably gonna do something smart again. Yeah, it's a track record built up. Yeah, there there usually is. So if 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 they think that it's worth their money to invest, and an esports or an ESPN is gonna have an esports division like they do, and they have yep. they have staff writers. There's a lot of people putting out content on esports. There's a ton. Yeah, on, in gaming in general. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, I know the Ringer does stuff on it. Mm-hmm. I know um, the ESPNs. There's just companies all like all the way out there. That, yeah. That just put content out there. You know, there's Yahoo has you know their esports coverage, or they did. Did they? They used to. Yeah. Used to. They just stopped recently. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't. I never really looked into the reasons why. It right. Folded, it but. may have just. It, yeah. It depends. You know, there's yeah. reasons for everything. They might even bring it back. You never know. Right. So we'll see. I'm. I'm just excited for the future of esports. Basically, is where I'm. Yeah, at. I think it's a bright future, and it's it's on the cusp of really. Now that it's hitting, you know, it's... So let's talk about Counter-Strike real quick. Okay. Counter-Strike is televised on TV. Yeah, TBS. Through, through E-League, through TBS. Yeah. It's on... It's got a crappy slot on Friday night. <laughs> That's not the ideal... Regardless, yeah. um, they're trying the cable thing. Yeah. And I know... It's worth a shot. Yeah, it is. And, you know, they did a promo with Buffalo Wild Wings. That Buffalo Wild Wings mm-hmm. is supposed to play their, you know, all the games... At Buffalo Wild Wings. I heard that it wasn't happening for the most part. Well, but do you like Buffalo Wild Wings, though? <laughs> well, you know, we live in Buffalo, so I have never been to one. Okay, yeah, because there's other places to get wings. Yeah, there's plenty of places. Honest. But, you know, if I wanted to go out and get that experience, yeah. see if there's any other people interested in it. Yeah. Well, that's a big thing, though. Like, the you know, having it on normal television, Korea has that. Yeah. You go to a, a, a bar, events will be on. Esports events will yeah. be on at the Korean bar. Yeah. That's a thing. It's definitely different over there. And, and I know that a lot of the bigger cities in the U.S., they have one or two dedicated esports bars. Which you know, could not be cooler. Yeah, it's, it's kind of it's funny. They, they have, um, it's all esports themed or, you know, video game themed. They have, you know, drinks, food, whatever. And then they also have PC set up that you can go and play oh, right there. Oh, that's so cool. Right? You're just so like, like, all right. They, so they can host their own events and they can also show events that are going on and get people in there to kind of make it a more of a community, yeah. which I think um, having an online community is cool and all um, because, you know, it obviously transcends everything yeah. and, and you can interact Accessible with people all over the world. Totally. Um, but having the, the in-person community as well is cool. Yeah. A little bit of both. Yeah. 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 I'm ex- I think that the, the, the having it on network television is pretty interesting. And, and we'll so see if too. it's the right way to go because there's streaming and there's basically two options are streaming or VODs, which are videos on demand, which right. I guess is how YouTube, you watch a lot of YouTube stuff. Right. Or you have it on network television. Yeah. So, you know, there's there's different systems and, you know, we'll see where it's going in the future. We have Netflix and, you know, ESPN's thinking about doing their own on-demand systems. Yeah. But, you know, I think esports is along for the ride. I think so, too. And I, I think it's kind of it's kind of funny seeing uh, the backlash that ESPN gets yeah. for kind of going out on a limb and, and trying this new... Um, thing. A lot of the traditional sports fans are like, this isn't sports. We'll see. This is stupid. These kids are just nerds playing video games, sitting in a computer. There's nothing physical about it. Whatever. But when they understand, though, when they get the infrastructure that's built behind, that's behind this just video game, yeah. or the production that's behind this video game, or just everything that's behind it, not on surface value of this is a video game, it's like, wow, that's impressive. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty cool. I think it's it's a neat thing that that is definitely growing, mm-hmm. and yeah, I don't know where it's gonna go, but I'm definitely along for the ride to see kind of where how you know to the the, the sky's the limit with this. I think. Yeah, it's super awesome. So uh, we hit our hour mark. Um, we gotta wrap this one up. So. Hope you had fun coming on. This uh, was a lot of fun. Yeah, I love talking talking about esports, and I know you're uh, you're a fan too. So for sure, we always just randomly chat on social media, <laughs> Facebook, whatever about yep. about what's going on. And so we've we're hyped about Worlds for sure. The mm-hmm. finals coming up next Saturday, so next week. We'll see um, how that goes. So go Samsung. I don't want to see <laughs> SKT three uh, P. You know who wants yeah. to see a dynasty. Uh, a lot all of about the, under, <laughs> the underdog story is way more fun. That's true. I, hey, I'll probably with you too on the Galaxy train. So I like that. I'm excited. So I'm, we're happy to have you here on the podcast. Yeah. Hopefully this isn't the first time you're on. You know, hopefully we'll, we'll talk more esports and hopefully people it. enjoy talking about something that they may not know about. They may not have heard about what uh, esports are, but we, hopefully we enlightened you a little bit. So yeah. Thank you. Have a great night. Thank you for having me, Max. And uh, you know, we'll talk soon. Cool. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.